months and disciple all the young ladies who've gotten saved in the last few months. And uh, it, through Acquired Fire and through the ministry, the, um, through Pastor Ed and the, uh, the ministry here at uh, um, IYG. And it, we're excited about that. We've got other people just starting the training track. Somebody in my cell, we're just starting the training track, the discipleship, the first part, live. And it, God is just moving and stirring things up. And so I want to just always encourage you, if you're not in a life group yet, um, find one. Uh, you know, talk to somebody about who they are, about what they are. And they're in the back of the bulletin. Uh, their, their dates, locations, and things like that. Um, so God is moving in our services. Do you feel it? Do you feel God? Isn't it, it's good. Hey, Jeff, it's so good to see you. <laughs> um, and so just, just those things are good. Tomorrow night, another part of announcement. I don't know if it was up on the thing, but tomorrow night is the annual members business meeting. So if you're a member of the church or just... You can come if you're, if you're you know, part of church. You want to see what goes on in a members meeting. But we're going to talk about the business of the church. It starts at 6.15 is a roll call. Or at 6.30 we'll start the meeting. So come. And if you need child care in order to come, contact tomorrow as early as possible or today. Um, Ed, and we will arrange child care. Is there anything going on yet for it? So we, we can arrange it, but we don't have anything. So if you need child care to, be, to come to the meeting... Make sure you talk to Ed and we'll make sure that happens. All right. Um, in the back today, uh, after service, you'll see a couple of things going on. But one is going to be Robert is going to be right back here by his table again. He's going to Mexico in three weeks. Now, three weeks from today, I'll be in Mexico. <sighs> Praise the Lord. And I'll be down there for three weeks. That is great. Wow. Okay, so be praying about that. If God's going to use you to help him get him the rest of the way there, it's $120 short. And so you can look at the pictures and ask him questions about what he does and what the teams do down there. That's really exciting. And it's a thousand miles past the border. It's a thousand miles in the, in the Mexico. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, it, be praying for it. It's, it's a lot of stuff happening in Mexico, truly happening around the world. Amen. We need to be vigilant. We need to be people of prayer. And so Robert's going down there. Hablas español? Oh, muy bien. Good. He speaks Spanish, so he's ready for that side of it. And, but, you know, be in prayer for him and safety for the groups. Um, there's just a lot happening. Turning on the news. A lot happening in the world we need to be praying about. Am I missing anything, Ed? Let me check my cord. Amen. Okay, am I cutting out now? Am I good? We'll find out. If I, if I am, I'll just switch to a handheld. <sighs> Hallelujah. I'm going to get you out on time today. Don't forget to put on the, the website at the end. Soaking.net. Thank you. I'm going to queue that up so it will be ready. <sighs> We've been praying, but I just want to Pray again. Continue to pray. Lord, as we go into this time in the Word, open up our hearts. God, I thank You for ministering to us this morning. Lord, we desire to meet with You. 
desire to meet with you this morning. The light for the life group leaders, um, the cell notes will be up today, but they're also on the back table. If you want to pick up, there's two packets. One has some scriptures, uh, things you might need. So on the way out, um, they're on the table. If only for the life group leaders, because I only made enough for the life group leaders, you can grab it on your way out, or you can print them off from online. Um, I'm going to go ahead and open up with the the scripture that God already gave us this morning. It was later on in my notes, but hallelujah. I really thought, wow, God, you, I was really questioning what he wanted to, to do. And, and then I really felt, you know, really secure in it earlier in the week. And I started praying and, and, and studying and just really mostly praying. Wasn't a lot of time of study, but I spent a, a lot of time just in his presence and I thought, this is a strange message, God, what you, what you want to share this morning. And, uh, but it just began to come and, and through time of prayer and sitting. And, and then, it was, then I'd second-guess myself. I don't know if you've ever done that. And I'd go, well, this is strange. I don't know if this is the, the word for the weekend. And so then I made it concrete, says, this is what we're going to do. And, and then I questioned it again. And uh, this morning confirmed that we're in the right place, the right time. Matthew eleven twenty eight through thirty. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. Come unto me, all you that labor. We've been spending some time talking about prayer since the beginning of January. And I pray that you're not sitting there going, oh no, one more message on prayer. But yes, one more message on prayer. Where I really want to just just cover this and spend a lot of time. I think we, the reason God is stirring this up, and if you're paying attention, He's stirring it up across the nation and across the world. You go on to different websites, uh, prophetic websites, things like that. This is, and I and I don't really stay up on that. I've got a connection. Donna keeps me informed, and it's great because it's always it's always good to feel like you know God is speaking to you, and then somebody come and tell you, "Wow, that's confirmed in other places," rather than always going to those places and then wondering if it was you or what you were reading. Understand? And so I'm being confirmed that God is stirring up this time that we're really in a, in a time that prayer is the key and the foundation. So this morning I want to talk about a different type of prayer, another, another aspect of prayer. We need to understand that prayer is so vast. It's not just one thing. Uh, sometimes we understand it that way, but it's, it's, it's vast. And so I want to talk about another aspect of prayer. In Matthew 21.13, again, I want this scripture to resonate within us. Matthew 21.13, Jesus said, My house will be called a house of prayer. Sometime a long time ago, we called, started calling churches houses of worship. And, and I love worship. I'm a worship leader. I'm, I, I, love, I worship by myself. And, and that's, that's when you can really you know, kind of tell if you really love worship 
It's fun to get together and have corporate worship. But do you worship alone? And, and I love worship. But Jesus said, my house will be called a house of prayer. And that is where God is stirring us up. We need to become more and more a house of prayer. We've spent a lot of time talking about that. We talked about the power of prayer uh, in the microwaves. I heard the microwave version of Daniel last week. Somebody called it. And, uh, you know, you've probably never gone through a book so fast in your life. And you pray that you never will again. We talked about forms and attitudes of prayer. And this morning I want to ask, well, what is prayer? What is prayer? We've been talking about prayer, and we go, well, what is prayer? And we, we probably all have definitions, so I just looked up a few things, a few things of what people have said prayer is, and they were pretty good. It says, a personal experience and intimate connection with our loving Heavenly Father. It's a personal experience and intimate connection with our loving Heavenly Father. Somebody said, prayer is our direct line with heaven. Prayer is our direct line of heaven. Prayer is <clears throat> communication is a communication process that allows us to talk to God. Prayer is a communication process that allows us to talk to God. So simply put, prayer is communication with God. Prayer is communication with God. Looking for someone who would go get me a glass of water, maybe. Thank you. Oh. Gary is wonderful. Uh, I am parched this morning. So prayer is communication with God. So when we pray, we need to understand that we're communicating with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The creator of the universe. John, I wish I would have... I, I got that, that uh, uh, picture. I wish I, I would have thought about it. NASA found a picture, and I, I will get it up next week. Ed, remind me, let's just put it up next week, just so we can see it. NASA took a picture of a galaxy 80 billion million light years away. I don't know where it is, but it's, it's, it's amazing. And in this picture, sideways is a cross. I just, you know, every time you look, God is showing off. You know, I mean... You know, I, I, what else is it? Come on. He is showing us. He is showing us who he is in creation. And when we pray, we're talking to the person who created that. So incredibly that the light is so bright we see it and we're seeing it today. And, and, you know, that, that just blows my mind of how when we pray, that's, that's the God that we're talking to. And we need to get that. We need to really understand who God is and understand our prayer. But we're going to stop, we, we, you know, just let your mind go with that and say, wow, God, you're awesome. And when I pray, I'm talking to you. So when we pray... The question I want to pose this morning is, do you give God a chance to respond in your times of communication? Communication is a two-way line. If it's only one way, then it's not really co-communication. It's really a transmittal of information. If you're only speaking and never listening, then you're not communicating with God. You're just transmitting information that you want Him to hear. 
And that's not what God wants to have with us. We just keep sending our information. We keep transmitting. But do you think that the person on the other end of these transmittals has anything good to say? If we believe that he has something good to say, we should begin to start listening. God wants to have communication with his church. I know this because before the fall of man, God walked with Adam and Eve in the garden and he spoke with them. I know this because throughout the Bible, God has spoken to his people through so many ways. He's, he walked, the Bible says that Enoch walked with God and he was no more. He had a relationship with Enoch and he took him home. God wants to have relationship with us. Throughout the Word, we see the example. Jesus gave us the example by regularly communing with God. And He let us know, think about this, He let us know that He only did the will of the Father. But the things Jesus did was not in the Word. So how did He know what to do? God was talking to Him. And He set an example for us that we should hear from God Personally, directly, he set the example. God wants to have communication with his church. That's enough to blow my mind. He actually wants to talk to us. So why isn't he? Or is he? That's the question. And these are things I, I struggle and wrestle with. And I, I know the answer but I don't want to accept it, I believe. Years ago, he, he gave me the answer years ago. When I owned the, the wedding chapel out in Boulder Bay, I, was, I had a lot of time to, to pray, and so I would spend you know, great times of devotion and prayer. And I remember one day I was, I was in the little chapel area praying and seeking God, and, and I had a million requests of Him, and it was just a great time. If you've come to prayer, you know, I'm a pacer, I like to pace, and I like to get loud, and, and I, was, I was just praying, and and just giving him all my requests and asking him to do this and asking him to show this and speak to me. And, and I, I've only heard the, what I really feel is the audible voice of God a couple of times in my life. And on that, that morning, I heard it. And it surprised me because it was something, God said something to me that I didn't think God would say. But I was praying and I was just going for, you know the machine gun prayer thing? You're just going and going and going and going and going. And God, show me this and teach me this and pray for this. And, and all of a sudden he says, shut up. Now in my house that's a bad word So I still go God was that you But it, I, I, I know I know that it was God Because the conviction Came with it And then he That was the audible part that, I mean it was like Wow and he, and he needed to be audible It needed to be something radical And I, I got quiet And then the rest became That internal voice of God he says, how can I speak to you if you won't be quiet? And I went, ah, oh, revelation. I wish I could say that from that moment on I was transformed and never did that again. It's been a wrestling thing. But, but he's been teaching me over the years to rest and to be quiet in his presence. And for some, that is a very difficult thing to do. Some of you in here... 
probably could go, when was the last time I was just quiet? No kids, or no me talking, or no somebody else talking. It's a long time. (laughs) But God still wants to speak to us, and He is. I remember a t-shirt years ago that said, I know that God lives. How do I know? I spoke with Him this morning. You can't know that God lives if you only talk to Him and don't allow Him to talk to you. We need to hear from God. I liked that shirt. God is speaking, but perhaps most of us are just too busy to hear Him. Or is it possible that we're not taking the time to listen or maybe don't know how to hear Him? Have you ever just sat in someone's presence absolutely still, quiet, yet felt like you were connecting with them? Have you ever taken a walk with somebody side by side You didn't have to talk, but somehow during that walk, you just felt like you were connecting in the stillness, in the quiet. Something, I don't want to say magical, but special, something deep. If that's possible with human relationships, how much more would the God of the universe, that you can just be in his presence and be quiet and connect with him? Imagine sitting in the presence of God, still, quiet. Like we began to do this morning, not looking for any answers necessarily. That's one of the keys, not looking for a specific answer, but just sitting, waiting to hear from the answer giver. What I'm talking about is what's being called today is soaking. Some of you have heard that expression maybe. I've maybe said it's soaking. Some of us old timers, and I call us old timers because I I feel like I've been, been around in the church long enough to remember some of these times, but it's been a while when we used to wait on the Lord. Do you remember waiting on the Lord? If you've been in church for a while, especially in a Pentecostal or charismatic church, you remember waiting on the Lord where you'd be in worship and then you'd just begin to not sing and not pray and just, just as the music would play, just wait on Him. Terry. Terry. Let's have, even, there was even tarrying parties and tarrying times. We're going to have a tarrying time. We don't even use that word anymore, but Wait. Could you not tarry, Jesus said, one hour? Could you not wait? Could you not be still? So this is not something new. If you've been hearing about soaking, going, oh, what is that? Is that something, oh, you know, and and there's there's a little bit of resistance to soaking. And and I want to tell you, there's there's things out there that I've seen in in this move of soaking that you need to really be careful of. There's a line that crosses over uh, into godliness and Christianity and and not Christianity, where it becomes more of New Age stuff. So be careful. But what I'm talking about this morning is very clear. It's soaking, it's sitting, and waiting in the presence of God. And we shouldn't be afraid of it. We shouldn't be afraid of it. We just sit and wait and be still for wait for God to move, basking in His presence. 
Some of us got out of that habit. Some of the churches have stopped doing that altogether. There's a danger in having waiting and soaking times as a, as a pastor. Because when you have waiting times, it gives opportunity for people to get weird. <laughs> Can we just be honest? That's one of the reasons we don't see this happening in the church. Is because what if sister so-and-so shares something weird? What if brother so-and-so does that thing again? And so what do we do? We not leave opportunity for that. Let's just shut it off. Couldn't we all just instead maybe grow up and take the Word of God and when somebody does something that's not the Word of God, say, bless their heart, they were a little bit off today, too much Mexican food last night, and move on. I'm asking, you know, I mean, and I, I've heard some weird things, you know, saith the Lord. My sister has a book, and I want to get this book. I don't know if it's published, but I believe it was called something, Let's Hold Sister Susan's Leg Up in Prayer. <laughs> and on the picture, there's a, you know, this leg being held up in the air. And it's all the f- crazy things that have been said in prophetic moments where you are waiting and tearing on God and gives us the reason why we don't want to. I remember reading one of these and somebody stood up and said, Thus saith the Lord. I forgot what I was going to say. And then they closed it by saying, Thus saith the Lord again. These things happen. We're fallible. And, you know, somebody might get a little weird. But if we close it off and stop that, we also miss hearing from God the things he does want to say. Sitting in his presence. This is my definition. I, this is what I think soaking is. Soaking is spending quiet time with God with no agenda. Purposeful, quiet time sitting at his feet, open to receive what he has to tell you, what he has to show you, or to receive his love, comfort, and peace. That's what soaking is to me. Soaking doesn't happen in two minutes. If you want to take a soaking bath, you don't fill up the tub to nice, perfect temperature and jump in there and count to 120 and get out. You sit for a while. Until the water, you know, if you got the muscle ache and you, you sit in there until your muscles are relaxed, till the pressure's gone, until you feel like a prune. <laughs> and then you get out. That's soaking. It's not in a hurry. We don't do it quickly. It's waiting in His presence. In that time, there's contemplative prayer and meditation. 
I'm not talking about the meditation where you cross your legs and you touch your fingers to your thumbs and you say your ohms and your tas and your vas and your who knows what else's that people say. But it's contemplating and meditating on God. It's not clearing your mind of everything. It's putting your mind only on God. But generally, not specifically. It's not looking for something specific. It's really just going, okay, I've got all these cares, God, but I'm gonna, I think the Bible said to cast my cares upon you, so I'm going to do that, and I just want to be with you for a while. Not thinking of our schedules, problems, requests, or any other distractions. Not a time to ask God, but a time to let Him speak. Or maybe just love you without words. And that's, that's what we want. We want to be loved without words. This morning he was pouring his love out on us. It was good. But we're too busy. We're too loud. Sometimes we're too impatient. Sometimes we're just plain too worried about what's going on. We need to begin to rest. Remember Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden. That's me. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. Years ago I saw a picture. God has got a sense of humor with me probably because I'm so weird. But... You know, for, for, you know, when, when I was young and I didn't know what a yoke was, I thought, was it like an egg yoke? What, you know? No, no, it was, it's, it's a yoke where you put two oxen together and there's two holes and there's two boards and they would yoke them together uh, and they would pull simultaneous um, a big plow. And you would always, you know, we talk about being equally yoked with someone. You don't want a small ox and a big ox to pull something because you'll go around in circles. That's actually what would happen because one is stronger than the other one and so it pulls faster and you walk around in circles. And that's, that's what some of us, some of you maybe have done if you've married somebody who wasn't a believer and you went, man, I spent the last 5, 10, 20 years of my life going around in circles because you were unequally yoked. And those of you who aren't married, don't make that mistake. Be equally yoked so you can go in one direction together. Amen? But so that's what a yoke is. It's something that holds you together. And God gave me a picture in the scripture about what, what a yoke was. And I saw, the only way I can describe it is like blue. Blue, do you remember blue? Blue ox? From, from uh, yeah, yeah, Paul Bunyan, yeah. Babe the blue ox. Huge, massive, muscular ox. And I went, oh God, is that me? He says, No. <laughs> Okay, and then I, I, then he showed me what I can only describe as a chihuahua. I don't know if it's a chihuahua or not, but so you have this huge ox here, and I was the chihuahua thing, this little tiny thing. My feet didn't even touch the ground. My head was through this hole, and I was just magically there because it didn't close on me because his was so big, and I was just there. And when he started moving, I just went, oh. And I didn't have to do anything. 
He says, that's what I meant when I said, take my yoke upon you. I don't need somebody to help me. I have no equal. When I say equally yoked, I'm not talking about you and me. That's a different yoke. When I say take my yoke upon you, I'm big. And I'll do all the work and you just kind of sit there. And I said, (laughs) Take his yoke. But it says rest. I, you will find rest for your souls. We need to find rest. In Ecclesiastes 5, it talks about making a vow and fulfilling it. And, and it says, not just to making vows and talking endlessly. Then it talks about much dreaming and endless words are meaningless. But this is the part I want. Therefore, stand in awe of God. And I went, there was some correlation of this vows to God, talking, dreaming, all this stuff. And he says, that's meaningless. Stand in awe of God. In awe is... When you're in awe, we use the word because there's no words to describe what you're in awe of. That means you've got to shut up and go, ah. And just be in awe of God. Quiet our souls quiet the talking, and just be in His presence. Exodus 14.14. I'm going to read off a few scriptures. Exodus 14.14 says, The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Psalm 37.7. You probably won't be able to keep up. You just want to write at this point or get the tape. We don't have tapes anymore. What's a tape? (laughs) Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. And I love this one, Psalm 4.4. When you're on your beds, search your hearts and be silent. Lay before Him. Search your hearts, but be silent. Be still. Stand in awe of God. Let Him do the work. Be yoked with Him. We get a picture of this in Luke 10. And you can go there if you want. Luke 10, 38 through 42 is the, is the famous Mary and Martha passages. The two sisters. One was the worker. One was the lazy. That's what, that's what Martha thought. That Mary was lazy. And as Jesus was at their house, Martha was busy in preparing the meal. And you know what? That's what you're supposed to do. In, in, all, in, in the natural, Mary was wrong. She should have been helping and serving. That was the right thing for a woman to do, is to serve and, and do that in this, in this time. Let me make sure you understood that. Yeah, I saw some eyes looking. In, the, in this frame of reference, in this day and age, when this was being written, it was the right thing for a woman to be making the food and preparing. And so Martha comes out and says, well, Jesus, he knows what's going on. He knows that she should be in there helping me because that's what's right. Jesus, 
I'm doing all the work and Mary's just doing nothing. And Jesus says, Martha, you worry about too many things. Mary is doing what's right. And what was she doing? She was sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to him. It doesn't say that she was talking to him. She was listening. That's what's right. Well, son, you're never going to get a job if you don't go out and work some. But I'm sitting at the feet of Jesus first. Maybe he'll tell me what to do. And he will. We need to sit at the feet of Jesus before we go out and do what the world thinks is right. I'm not saying we're not supposed to work. You know, every time you preach a message, you can, you know, oh man, pastor said I don't ever have to work. I can just pray all the time. You know, or cause problems in marriage. Bible also says if you don't work, you don't eat. So, you know, there's, but we need to pray and sit at the feet of Jesus first. And sit and hear from him. And listen. Be Mary's. We need to meditate. Just let him pour his love. Why? Why should we do this? You know, God has given us the greatest, com- the greatest commission and the greatest commandment in the whole world. He's placed us here as strangers and aliens to be as ambassadors to this world. He says to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And he also said to love your neighbor as yourself. Those are the two hardest things in the world to do. To love your neighbor and to go and share your faith. But that's what he commanded us to do. It's an enormous task and we're in this world, but we're not supposed to be of the world. So how can we accomplish such a great task? We can't. We can't accomplish a task we're not able, we're not equipped, and we're not wise enough. But praise God, he hasn't left us as orphans. He didn't leave us alone to accomplish all this. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you. And then he sent his Holy Spirit to live inside of us. And in John 17, he says, I have given them the glory that you gave me in a prayer to God. that They may be one as we are one. I and them and you and me. So Jesus lives in us. The Holy Spirit is on us and living in us. And yet we don't always hear from God. He lives in us, the Holy Spirit, yet we don't always hear from God. Because we live in a loud, busy world and we're always being distracted. We're always being dragged away and we need to begin to find a time to where we can hear from God. The enemy and the world is screaming at us. We need to quiet ourselves, focus on Him and communicate. Not just throw up the prayers. God, help me. I need a job. I need money. But, but start listening to Him as well. You don't want God to tell you to shut up. It's humbling. It's a two-way conversation. And there's some who would say that God doesn't speak anymore except through His Word. Well, we don't want to hear those. But, you, you know, God does speak through the Word. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we should just be extra-biblical people. But there are people who say that God only speaks through His Word. There was a, a singer years ago um, who I really liked, Steve Camp. 
And um, and I I just loved his his ministry. He was kind of a modern day kind of Keith Green exhorter guy. And he was teaching one day in one of the workshops I went to, and and I realized he was a the word only God speaker because somebody came up to him and he shared this publicly, so I'm not telling a story on him. He said that somebody went up to him and says, "Brother, brother Steve, I have a word of God, word from God for you." And he says, "Oh, good." And he says, "Where is it? I love the words of God." And and the guy says, "No, no, I have a word, a, a word from God." He says, "Well, this is full of God's word." And the guy says, "No, no, no, I have a word directly from God." And and so he said, well, okay, you mean like a prophetic word? Well, that's good, but remember, if you're wrong, we get to take you out back and stone you. <laughs> and we've got to be careful not to get the attitude that, that, that God doesn't speak. God never said he was going to stop speaking to us. There's nothing in the scriptures that would lead us to believe that he stopped. So this is the inspired word of God, and he speaks through this all the time. But he also wants to have communication with us outside of the word that will that will complement the word it will not contradict it i believe he wants to speak to us as he spoke to peter while he was praying as he spoke to paul on the road to damascus as he spoke to ananias in acts chapter 9 speaking to his people direct words voices as he spoke to elijah in a whisper god will speak to us we have to get to a place where we can hear his voice, quiet ourselves, focus on him, worship him, and listen. And I know as a father, I've been coached many, many times, and as a husband, to listen. To really listen to your kids. To really listen to your wife. You have to be reminded, we have to learn how to listen. Listening is active, it's not passive. Men, we know this don't we? We can't listen to our wives and watch the TV at the same time. Uh-huh. Okay. Listening is active. It is active. You know, we need to learn to push the pause, put down the remote, even though your hand is stuck in this position. <laughs> and listen, we need to do the same with God. Not be distracted. Stop what we're doing. And active listen. Actively listen. We hear better and understand more thoroughly when we do that. And you can also just with our wives and husbands, you know, wives to your husbands and any in communication, when you're communicating with someone, this is a freebie, don't just sit there and think about what you're going to say next when they're talking. But listen. You want to understand them. Stephen Covey coined it, seek first to understand and then to be understood. We want to understand each other and we definitely want to understand what God is saying to us. Before we want God to understand. God, you've got to understand me. He does. Try to understand Him. And life will get a lot better. What God has to say to us is important. If what our spouse has to say is important, how much more what God has to say. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul.
That's a picture of quietness, rest. And that's what God is leading us into. Why do we need this? In times we're living in, we need it now more than ever. We live in a busy culture. We're running to and fro, and we're wondering what we're going to do tomorrow. Some, some people are wondering how they're going to pay their bills tomorrow. Some people are wondering what they're going to do for a job. If you're watching the news, you're wondering what, what is happening in Egypt. You know, we, you know these, if Egypt, if we lose Egypt as an ally, I tell you, it's going to change the world. It's going to change things. We're living in precarious times. Is God out of control? Nope. Did God fall off His throne? Absolutely not. But in these times, we need to know our foundation even more. We need to be in communion with God. We need not just to be telling Him all of our problems. He knows them. We need to be listening for the solutions. If we'll quiet ourselves down, we might hear His plan for us. Just like Joseph in Egypt. He could give us wisdom. Are we in a time where we're going to find economic collapse in this nation? Possibly. I mean, it's amazing to think that this nation could collapse monetarily, but boy, anything's possible with the debt and everything. But we don't have to worry. God will take care of us if we're listening. We've got to listen to Him and be wise. Relationships. Right now, there's probably a lot of uh, difficulty in marriages and in relationships because of all the problems and economic hardships. But we want to be hearing and spending time from God, getting our peace, getting our fill in His presence so we can deal with those issues too. The world is going to entice us away to deal with our problems elsewhere. We're going to start, you know, these are the things that we're going to start doing. We're We're going to drink more. We're going to smoke more. We're going to watch more movies. We're going to gamble more. These things that we're going to do because those things we believe are going to help alleviate the issues. And God says, those aren't the things that I want you to do more. I want you to soak more. Be in my presence. Pray more, but not talk more. Listen more. Receive that wisdom and strength. Only He can give it. And that's what we need and want. This message and encouragement that we would just begin to find times personally to soak. For those of you who, who have computers, there's a website. We're going we're gonna to do this in just a moment. There's a website. There's a few of them, but there's um, one It's called, it's really easy. It's called www.soaking.net. And on that site, there's a couple of little players that you can click on, play the music, and one has no words. And you know what? Soaking, sitting in God's presence is better when you're listening to music without words. Because words lead you to something. And you think about that. Now that's good too. There's times you want to go there and, and, and worship God, but there's also the time you don't want to be led to think about anything specific. You want God to lead you. So there's, on this site, there's, there's two different players, one with music and one without, to just get that, that time where you can, can do this on your own. Sit in His presence. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, it's going to be the weirdest thing some of you have ever done. You know, I'm going to sit there and just kind of, am I supposed to do this and listen to the music? It, it takes a little bit of, of work to get past the busyness. Us guys probably are going to have a little harder time with it. 
because we're like, I want to go build something. I want to go blow something up. (laughs) But we need to be refreshed from God, too. And uh, this morning, I'm not going to belabor it, but we're going to just, for about two minutes, just soak in his presence this morning. And I'm going to ask, no one's going to pray out loud. I'm going to ask you to just try to just concentrate on God. And for some of you, it'll be the longest two minutes of your life. But it's not quite 11 yet. And, and you signed a contract that you wouldn't leave before 11. <laughs> and, and we'll still get out early. Um, but we'll just go for about two minutes. And then, then I'll close. and desiring God to have relationship with us. God, I don't know why and I don't understand the reason that you would want to commune with me. But I'm so grateful that you do. I'm so grateful that we can spend time. Lord, I pray that you would teach us how to quiet ourselves how to soak in your presence and I pray God you teach us to do it God in those moments show us 
heart. Speak to us and minister to us, God, as only you can. God, as you've called us to do, to be salt and light, we can't do it apart from your strength. You sitting in your presence is one of the ways to be strengthened. God, we love you. In Jesus' name. I want to invite you always to prayer. On Saturday nights, I invite you to attend a life group. For the in prayer on Saturday night from 6.30 to 6.45, we're going to be soaking. So if you come, if you talk, we can stay out in the hall. But we're going to do that for 15 minutes every Saturday night. Just sit in His presence. No praying out loud. Just come to be in His presence. And I, I think that what will probably end up happening is we'll have to extend the time longer and longer. But, but come and just be in His presence on Saturday nights. Get together this week in, in your life groups and pray for one another. Be aware of each other's needs. Greet each other and love each other as the body of Christ. Amen. And there's a really cute girl who's going to be outside today selling Girl Scout cookies. In under, under no way are you obligated.